This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen along with you. Well, nearly one-third of all adults aged 18 and older have hypertension, otherwise known as high blood pressure. And the effects on their health can be devastating, especially over time. Here with more on this chronic and omnipresent disease is Dr. Harold Smullyan, Professor of Cardiology Emeritus at Upstate Medical University. Welcome, Dr. Smullyan. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. So let's begin by helping our listeners understand what we mean when we say hypertension or high blood pressure. What exactly is it? Well, it's the pressure in the arteries that uh, created by the pumping of the heart, and that raises the pressure in the arteries, and when it's higher than normal, um, that's what's called hypertension. So how does one know if they have this? I mean, what are the symptoms of hypertension? Well, that's the problem with hypertension. There aren't many symptoms, so most people who have it aren't aware of it. And the only way to find out is to be screened for it in one way or another. Um, The disease just hides in the dark and causes problems when you're not aware that you have it. Are there ever circumstances where people are aware? I mean, is there some population or subset that have things like severe headaches or that kind of thing? That usually only occurs when the hypertension is very severe and has been present for a long time. So most people do not have symptoms, and that's the major problem with detecting the disease. So do we know what causes it? Well, the proximal cause is really unknown. Uh, We know a few things that uh, that produce the high blood pressure, but what actually is the major problem is uncertain. Probably has to do with genetics because it does tend to run in families. So when we talk about hypertension, are there more, is there more than one type? In other words, is there a, a primary type and then other types? There are some other diseases that, uh, that produce high blood pressure. And the blood pressure in those cases is a, is a consequence of, this, of the first disease. But that tends to be a rather uncommon occurrence, and most people with hypertension have the, the type of hypertension of unknown cause. So when we talk about hypertension, I mean, who is most likely? You, you alluded to the fact that there's a genetic link, that it runs in families. What are some of the other risk factors contributing to it? Well, there are a number of items that, that we encounter in everyday life that can raise the blood pressure and produce hypertension or make it worse. Um, for example, the use of excessive salt in the diet or um, a lot of alcohol, um, more than several drinks per day, can, can raise the blood pressure. Diet pills can raise the blood pressure. People who are obese tend to have high blood pressure. Um, How about smoking? Smoking will surely raise high blood pressure. That's a common one. Does it run? Is it, is it, there, are there, since it's genetic, does it seem to run in groups of people? In other words, is it racially linked in any way? There is a, a, a racial link in that black Americans tend to have a, a higher prevalence of hypertension than everyone else. And in, indeed, it seems to be worse in those patients than, than in the others. So what's the single most significant factor in determining whether you, whether or when you may actually end up with hypertension? Well, I think one of the things that happens is that although the disease is quite frequent, quite common disease in in adults, one in three overall, the prevalence of the disease doubles by the time you get to the age of 75, so that if you're looking at a group of four or five elderly people sitting around talking to one another, four out of the five of them have hypertension. Wow. 
And so that's really a very common disease, uh, more common than most others. Does stress play a role, too, in terms of raising it and then continuing? I mean, I, I can understand under a stressful circumstance, your blood pressure might rise. But does it, if you have kind of an ongoing stressful life, does it mean that you will continue to have high blood pressure as an ongoing problem? Well, the cause of high blood pressure is really unknown, so I couldn't say that stress wasn't related. But it doesn't seem to be a, a fundamental part of the disease. It does not. How about gender? I mean, is it more common in men than women or the other way? Well, there was a big survey run by the United States Public Health Service that showed that it was about the same in both sexes, about one in three in most midlife adults. So there's not the protective factors that people often think of in females when it comes to heart issues? Well, they're protected from coronary heart disease uh, by, their, by their gender. Uh, but the um, the frequency of hypertension is about the same in both sexes. Is it ever seen in children? Yes. It's much less common in children, but it uh, it does occur uh, and, and starts to develop sometimes in teenagers, picked up during sports examinations and such. So does it, again, well, we're going to get to treatment in a, in a bit down the road, but bottom line is it's it's the kind of thing then, since it's silent, and it has potentially very devastating consequences, which we'll get to. I mean, what then is necessary in terms of a, you know, knowing you have it? Is it the kind of thing you need a routine screening basically on an annual basis? Well, I think screening is the most important thing since um, symptoms are what bring most patients to their physician. Since this disorder doesn't have many symptoms, um, screening is important to find it. Uh, and it's important to treat it because the treating is, um, therapy is successful in preventing the risks. So um, I think blood pressures ought to be taken in many, many places. There now, uh, you can have your blood pressure taken in, in drugstores, um, and you can have it taken at the state fair where we run a, a, uh, an operation to take people's blood pressures, and many other places where it can be taken to find patients who have no symptoms. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen along with cardiologist Dr. Harold Smullyan, and we're talking about hypertension. So we've been talking about it as kind of the elephant in the room. What does it do to you, and what are the consequences or complications of having it? Well, it, um, it does damage to the, um, to the circulation while you're having no symptoms. And what happens is when, when the uh, disease becomes severe and does, th does this sort of damage, one uh, can get a stroke or a heart attack or have heart failure uh, or peripheral vascular disease uh, with insufficient flow in the legs and so on. So it, uh, it does its damage while you're not aware of it. Do people seem to also think it can contribute perhaps to cognitive failure like dementia down the road? I mean, is there some... Is there some link there? It, it does. There is a relationship between uh, the kind of high blood pressure in the elderly and, and their ability to understand and cognate, correct? So it, it really has long-lasting, long far-reaching, and very significant effects on the body. It does indeed. Now, there are some, I mean, the kind of hypertension that you might experience when you're a younger person, how is that different or is it different than what you might experience as an older person? Well, as I said, the, uh, most of the patients have no symptoms, and so there is not much difference. But I think the, uh, the cause of the disease is, uh, uh, is somewhat different between midlife and, and, and advanced years. Um, during the aging process, the main arteries of the body become stiffer, 
And as they become stiffer, the blood pressure rises as a consequence of that increased stiffness. That's not the case in midlife, so that the nature of the high blood pressure tends to change as you age. And does it therefore have other consequences as a result, or well, many more the, severe consequences potentially? Many of the, uh, of the complications of hypertension are the same irrespective of the age. Um, patients who are elderly tend to get uh, more disturbances of the brain and the kidney perhaps than, uh, than those in midlife. So, but is it true then that people as they age might have both types of hypertension or from both causations or consequences? Absolutely, because uh, people who develop hypertension in their 50s or before that, they eventually age too. And so the, um, the complications of aging are superimposed on those of the earlier form of hypertension. So let's get to treatment. What basically, first of all, what do you tell your patients over all the years in terms of the importance of screening, how frequently you need to screen? Because there's got to be some variability in blood pressure. Everyone talks about the, this so-called white coat phenomenon where you take a blood pressure in a doctor's office and it's not necessarily reflective of your everyday life. So in everyday life, what, are people, what do you recommend people to do? Well, the problem is that, that the ordinary blood pressure measurement is reasonably inaccurate. And so one has to take a number of them to find out what the average blood pressure is over time. Now, since uh, a single blood pressure in the doctor's office is not representative of what goes on all day long, it's important to, uh, to uh, take the blood pressure at home frequently or even better use one of the ambulatory blood pressure devices uh, that measures the blood pressure every 20 or 30 minutes during a 24-hour period. You can then find out whether the blood pressure is elevated much, much or most of the time. Uh, that being the case, uh, then, then it becomes oblig obligatory to, to try and lower it. And how is that done? Well, there are a number of medications now that are quite effective in lowering the blood pressure, and it's important to do so because even though the cause, proximate cause of hypertension is unknown, treatment works and it lowers the risks of the complications that might ordinarily occur later. Is it difficult to figure out what of these various medications that are available? I mean, is it difficult to find the one that works or the ones that work, or is it a matter of titrating dosage? I mean, is it, because I know that there, I have read in, in the past that there are some hyperten patients with hypertension who are quite difficult to control. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <clears throat> there, there, there are some guidelines that one can follow and, and choosing the drugs that, that work for most people. But in many cases, it's a trial and error process uh, to pick the drug that works the best for a specific individual and to find the right dose. It's often necessary to use more than one drug. Most patients are on two, and resistant patients are on three. So is it ever the case that you really have um, an almost a, an impossible task in terms of controlling the blood pressure? I mean, yes. have you found those really resistant cases? Yeah, there are, there are clearly resistant cases. Uh, the first problem with those is to make sure the patient's taking the blood pressure medicine at all. <laughs> so they're being compliant. That they are compliant. If there are, there are still resistant cases that are difficult to treat and, uh, and require um, very intense and, uh, dosage and, and m multiple medications. You mentioned earlier that even children can show or teenagers can begin to show hypertension. Are these same medications applicable 
in, in a pediatric population as well, or have they not been you know, tested in that environment? I'm not a pediatrician, so I can't answer that question very well, but I would think that it would be important to try and control the blood pressure as well. Incidentally, besides using medications, lifestyle changes are important too. Yes, tell us about that. Well, uh, one ought to eat a prudent diet, avoid smoking, try and lose weight if one is obese. Uh, exercise and be also? be sure to exercise because that does lower the blood pressure. Oh, so that's an interesting point. So actual exercise, if you actually stay in motion, that actually helps with the whole process. It does indeed, yes. Yeah. Well, this is really inform interesting information, but basically what you're saying, the bottom line is you should know, screen yourself, know if you have hypertension, and then obviously go about a rigorous effort to try to treat it. Exactly. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your coming in and sharing all this very important information with us. My guest has been Dr. Harold Smullyan. He's a professor of cardiology emeritus at Upstate Medical University. I'm Linda Cohen, and you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air.